Welcome to Money and Taxes from BB to XYZ. I'm Regina Neenan, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm Jason Spessner, Certified Financial Planner and Enrolled Agent. On today's episode, we're talking about the nitty-gritty details of all things Roth. Roth, we're going to talk about the tax advantages of a Roth. Now, it's it's almost my most favorite type of savings vehicle, but if you know, right, HSAs might top it, but I do love a, a Roth, right, whether, well, there's lots of different flavors, I suppose. Roth is one of my favorites, too. I've been told about the the great things about Roth since I was a teenager. So it's been part of my life for a long time. And I definitely love my Roth IRA. So maybe you too have heard the about the buzz and benefits of Roth and you've been wondering what it's all about. Okay. So just real quick, like it can make a massive difference in your lifetime tax, right? And the amount you have to use or utilize, right? Because what happens in a Roth account is the money is growing tax-free. So when you use it, this is truly tax-free distributions, all the growth, all the interest, whatever it is coming out, you're not going to pay tax on it if it's a qualified distribution. It's pretty amazing all around, but let's get into it based on each generation. So starting off with our baby boomers, one big opportunity that many of our clients see when they're in this age group is taxable Roth conversions. It's great if you're starting to get into those lower income years because when you convert dollars from an IRA or a taxable employer-sponsored account, you pay the taxes on them to make them Roth dollars. And you have to think about this in terms of your lifetime tax bill, including your RMDs that would come out of those taxable accounts later on and how those Roth conversions could help both now and in the future. Yeah. So, right. Doing an actual Roth conversion and why you would do a taxable Roth conversion at this phase, right? One is you, you probably have potentially some, some lower relative income years, right? You're able to sneak some dollars into some tax brackets and Consequently, like in the future, minimize the amount of required minimum distributions you have to take out of your IRA and and qualified employer sponsor accounts. So how do you do it, right? It's probably the second most straightforward way to get money into a Roth IRA, right? You you tell your bank or brokerage to roll over money from your traditional or pre-tax account into your Roth IRA, right? That rollover is actually the conversion, right? So assuming everything in that traditional IRA, in that pre-tax account actually is pre-tax dollars, when you do that conversion, you're going to pay tax on those dollars. So yeah, if you're in a low tax bracket, this is how you're locking in today's low tax rates, both for yourself and for your family. Now, because right under the new Secure Act or even the Secure 2.0 Act, Roth IRAs can be distributed over 10 years to a named beneficiary or named eligible named beneficiary. So if you think about this, husband and wife, right, and they're doing systematic Roth conversions, they basically get this tax-free use of this money for their combined lifetimes plus up to 10 years years for their beneficiaries. Each Roth conversion, though, you got to keep in mind, has like a five-year clock, right? So if you ever are thinking about accessing growth on that account, you have to remember that that Roth conversion, that growth can't be accessed for five years. And if you do, you might have to pay some taxes on that distribution. So again, fairly straightforward, go to your bank or brokerage, ask to do a Roth conversion, and just make sure you're fitting those dollars into a lower tax bracket relatively. And a quick note on what you just mentioned there, Jason, you were talking about accessing the growth. So just to be clear, if I do a Roth conversion today, I only have to wait the five years on the growth, on that tax-free growth for it to actually be tax-free, but I can take out the principal anytime, right? 
That's right. Now, if you do a Roth conversion today, right, you have a couple of things happening, right? Yes, you can access that principal tax-free. Anyone can, right? That that converted amount or even contribute amount to a Roth IRA, that money always comes out first. If you're under 59 and a half and you access that growth prior to five years, two things are going to happen. You're going to pay taxes and you're going to pay a premature distribution penalty tax. If you're over 59 and a half and you access that principal, or I'm sorry, if you access that growth before a five-year period, then you're just going to pay income tax, but you won't have a premature distribution penalty tax. And that's definitely something for our Gen Xers to watch out for too, because they're maybe reaching financial independence. They might have the opportunity to do some Roth conversions. So if you didn't listen, Gen Xers, rewind, have a listen to what we just spoke about for baby boomers. But another big opportunity for Gen X is mega backdoor. And this just sounds huge, momentous. Jason, can you tell us what it actually means? Okay. So this is where you add the mega, you also probably add the complication, right? You're adding the tricks to this. So this is probably the most complicated Roth funding strategy, but the payoff is huge. The first thing is just that your plan, right? Your employer-sponsored retirement plan needs to permit this, right? So you usually find this available in employer-sponsored retirement plans for two types of businesses. One are the big, big, big employers. The other is going to be self-employed, right? Solo 401k plans. Either side of that spectrum, you'll find a plan. And if you're a self-employed person, you can set up this plan to permit these mega backdoor Roth contributions. And usually everyone in the middle, like means testing and all of the stuff that you have to do to maintain a 401k plan and keep it in compliance, you usually won't pass these tests if you're allowing these, these mega backdoor Roth contributions. So that's why you typically don't find it there. But what it does is it allows you to take this idea of instead of taking or making these deferral contributions, which everyone is pretty familiar with. You make a contribution out of your salary. You can do up to 22500 If you're under 50, if you're 50 or over, you can contribute an additional 7500 That's all in 2023. In addition to that, however, in, in a plan that you are able to do a mega backdoor Roth contribution, you have these two prerequisites. You have to have voluntary after-tax contributions. So that's contributions that can be made after that, that salary deferral. And then that plan has to permit in-plan distributions or Roth conversions, right? And so those voluntary after-tax contributions, right? Those are actually going to allow you to contribute up to something called the annual additions limit. And that's the amount you can actually put into a 401k in total, not just your employee contribution. So that limit in 2023 is $66,000 plus those catch-up contributions. So Jason, just to rewind a little bit, when you were talking about those pre-tax contributions that everyone's really familiar with, you're just talking about kind of a standard 401k, maybe a 403b that your employer offers, right? Yeah. And, and those could be pre-tax, you know, the 22,500 could be pre-tax or it could be regular Roth contributions, right? The, that is the normal sort of everyone sees that it's these voluntary after-tax contributions. Those are the part of this process that you need to be able to do. And so you have to have a salary large enough to initially make that full $22,500 contribution to the standard account, whether that's traditional or Roth, and then go above and beyond that to get up to, you mentioned 66000 yeah. I mean, depending on your employer match, right? If you don't have an employer match, like you may be coming up with that additional 44-ish thousand dollars, right? If you have an employer match, that will count against this additions limit. So it'll be whatever the difference is. But once you have that money in, your plan also needs to allow you to do this in-plan distribution or Roth conversion. And so what happens is as soon as those dollars hit that after-tax balance, you instruct your plan to do this conversion, right? So you're either going to roll it over into your Roth IRA, 
or you're going to do that in plan conversion, which will hold the dollars within the plan in a Roth balance there. If you don't do that, right, if you just put money, say, well, why don't I just put money in the voluntary after tax and just leave it there? Well, if you don't do the conversion, then the growth on that after tax contribution is actually considered pre-tax growth. So when you distribute it, you're actually going to pay taxes on it, right? It's a funny little quirk of it. So you've got to get it into that Roth balance. Yeah, great little legal loopholes here. And so this mega backdoor thing is really for people who can't even make regular Roth contributions. They're most likely making quite a bit of money. So they're doing the regular backdoor Roth IRA contribution. And that's why the mega differentiates this. Yeah. And what you'll typically see is somebody doing a mega backdoor Roth contribution is usually doing the pre-tax regular contribution. And that's sort of their biggest deferral tax deduction is that pre-tax contribution. And then this is just everything else, right? And why not, if you have to pick sort of what you do next, why not do tax-free growth with a, with a Roth account? That's a great question. And that brings us really into Gen Y or our millennials who might be starting to get to that income range where they need to do that basic backdoor Roth. Jason, maybe you can give us a quick rundown of what's included in that. Yeah. So just a regular backdoor Roth IRA contribution, right? So here we are with a scenario where you're just over that income limit for contributing directly to a Roth IRA, which for a single taxpayer in 2023 starts at 138000 and fully phases out at $153,000 of adjusted gross income. And for a married taxpayer, if you're making over $228,000, you're not able to contribute to a Roth IRA directly. So this is a scenario where whether or not you have a mega backdoor Roth provision within your 401k, you're able to do that. This is a, another way to get money into a Roth balance where you otherwise couldn't directly do it. And so for this to work, there's a, a couple of things to consider. The, the first one is there's a pretty significant prerequisite in that you cannot have any pre-tax balance in your traditional IRA. It has to be zero at the end of the tax year. So the way you sort of meet that prerequisite is you need to roll over your traditional IRA with that pre-tax balance into your pre-tax 401k plan. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm following so far. Cool. So then once that part is accomplished, or even if it's not accomplished yet, but you will accomplish it by the end of the year, you make a non-deductible contribution to your traditional IRA. So one of the things about a traditional IRA that's, that's often misunderstood is the income limit that applies to a traditional IRA is only applying to deductibility. If you participate in an employer-sponsored plan, and you make a contribution to a traditional IRA, if you make over a certain amount of money, you can't take a tax deduction for it. But you also are able to just say, I do not want a tax deduction for the contribution I made to my traditional IRA. And there is no limit for actually contributing to the traditional IRA. You can just put money in no matter how much money you make up to, of course, the contribution limit of $6,500 here in, in 2023. So you make the contribution to the traditional IRA, and then you convert that contribution over to your Roth IRA and you have completed a regular Roth IRA conversion or what is commonly referred to as a backdoor Roth IRA contribution. And so in the overall kind of order of operations that we recommend saving in, in general, this may or may not apply to all of our listeners, but starting with your emergency fund, of course, then moving to your HSA, if you have one for the triple tax advantage, then we're really looking at the Roth IRA for the double tax advantage. Beyond that, that's really when you get into the mega backdoor once you filled up all those other buckets. Did I get that right? I mean, I think so. And again, remember, it's totally dependent on if you actually have access to a mega backdoor Roth 
plan, a plan that will permit that. Getting money into a Roth IRA is really only a limitation of how much you're willing to do to sort of uh, maneuver around some of the rules, right? And this backdoor Roth IRA contribution is one that anyone can do, assuming they have access to a regular employer plan, just in general, just somewhere to put any pre-tax IRA balance with that being the prerequisite for this. Got it. And so then moving into our Gen Zers, yeah, maybe they're getting to need the backdoor Roth as well. We might have some high earners coming out of school and being in jobs that are in really high demand, earning quite a bit. For some of our Gen Zers, this might be their first time ever contributing to a regular Roth IRA that they may be eligible for coming out of school, moving into their first job, having that earned income, the income that they're earning from that work that allows them to contribute to a Roth IRA. So Jason, I'll turn it over to you to maybe introduce our Gen Z listeners to our Roth IRA and what it can do for them now and throughout their lifetimes. Well, here it is, right? The most straightforward way to fund a Roth account is, of course, you just put the money in there, right? Don't have to jump through all these loopholes and these little like nuances and do all these things and do backsprings and so on, right? Just putting money into a Roth IRA simply because you're able to, based on your income, you're able to make that contribution. You're starting, like Reggie, like you said, to have an earned income. And now you're looking at like, okay, where are you going to be tax-wise over your lifetime? Is coming straight out of school and just getting your first job or whatever the case is and earning what you're earning, is that going to be your highest or your lowest you know, tax rate in your lifetime? And it's probably more likely than not to be one of your lower ones. So this is where you say, okay, I don't necessarily need a big tax deduction or a tax deduction now for contributing to a pre-tax account. What I need is to get some money growing tax-free. So when I am in a higher tax bracket in the future, I have access to something that will not cost tax dollars to access. And that can really stretch money that much further. If you're looking at you know, 20, 30% of income tax coming out of a distribution, if you're able to save that, that you just gave yourself 20 to 30% more purchasing power when you take that money out. And maybe this is our Gen Zers first time doing this type of investment. Maybe they haven't really begun to have the opportunity for that big first job where they're able to access an employer-sponsored retirement plan. But you know, they're they're going off on their own and they can now contribute to a Roth. So how do they do it? You know, my first Roth IRA was opened at my credit union. What are maybe some better opportunities for more growth over time? Well, I mean, no, that's that's a fine option, right? You can go to a bank or a credit union and open a Roth IRA and you can put money into a regular savings type account, cash account or a CD. And that's fine, right? I mean, one of the things I commonly see is the mix up between the vehicle, like a Roth IRA, the tax qualified sort of account type, and then of course, what it's actually invested in, right? And so a Roth IRA in and of itself isn't the thing creating the return or creating the investment potential. It's just the thing that holds the the assets. So again, credit union, you're very likely to get you know a savings type account or a CD or a bank, I should say, either one. And then if you go from there, you're of course able to use a brokerage account where you can trade stocks, bonds, mutual funds, like you you name it. There's just lots of different types of things to invest in that may have higher return potential, but also of course that you know that risk of loss that that a, a bank product wouldn't. And then you could even get really creative, and you know there's lots of you know things out there, things called self directed IRAs where you could invest in different like sort of non-traditional you know stock bond mutual fund cd st- sort of stuff people you know buy real estate or or you know different types of, of business interests with these accounts but there's some things you got to worry about there as far as how you're funding it how you're you know maintaining that investment because there's a lot of rules that can trip you up when it comes to that 
And Jason, one kind of unique thing about contributing to a Roth IRA and maybe why it's a great option for folks just starting out to build that nest egg is that they can withdraw, like you mentioned earlier, any contributions to the plan at any time. But I know you have some thoughts to share about this. Well, don't don't tell anybody this, right? This is long-term money. No. Yeah. The the one thing that it's always sort of stands out to me about a Roth is when you make a contribution to a Roth IRA, remember that you can always access that contribution at any time, assuming, right, it hasn't lost, you know, some dollars because it was invested in a bad market or whatever, but assuming that contribution is there, you can just get to it at any time. And so it almost serves as kind of a super emergency reserve, right? You don't pay any tax or penalty to take the money you put into the account out. And remember, like that's the first money you're accessing. So if you spend a few years maxing out a Roth IRA, you have, you know, let's just say it was this, this limit kind of times three, you'd have about 19,500 bucks in there. All of a sudden you have a a $10,000 major expense. If, if push came to shove, you could access it from the Roth IRA. So it's almost one of those things where set yourself up for a long-term success, knowing that you have that fallback if you needed to access some dollars sooner than you thought. Yeah, I think that's a great note, especially for our Gen Zers. With that said, let's get into today's takeaways. I'll start with takeaway number one, and that's we love Roth. The tax advantages that come along with Roth accounts are fantastic. So it's a great way to achieve those and also be saving for your future. Yeah. And there's many ways to Roth, right? Now, here we go. We are making it a thing, right? But check in on your taxable income to see where those opportunities are at, right? For you, there's always a way to get dollars in there. It just depends on how creative and and how much planning you're willing to do. And since we've now made this a verb, Roth early to enhance those tax advantages and really give yourself the advantage or the opportunity to allow those already tax dollars to grow tax-free so that you can later take them out tax-free. That's the thing I was thinking of. Verb. Yes. Noted. (laughs) Now, we would love to hear what you love most about Roth, so feel free to share it with us. You can reach us at podcast at fpfoco.com and feel free to reach out to us if you have an idea for a future podcast episode. You can also find that email in the show notes. This episode was written and produced by me, Jason Spessner. And me, Regina Neenan. I also edited the episode. All right. Well, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Jason Spessner and Regina Neenan are investment advisor representatives of Financial Planning Fort Collins, a registered investment advisor. The information in this podcast is provided for general educational and entertainment purposes only. It may not apply to you or your specific circumstances and should not be considered financial, investment, or tax advice. 